Alright, welcome back. I guess I can't welcome back if I haven't been here before. Welcome to the first intro episode of Everyday Ecclesiology. I'm Daniel Greenhall with my beautiful co-host, Desiree Spencer. Desiree Spencer. <laughs> so we're married. Uh, this is Desiree Greenhall. She's my wife. Oh goodness, this is off to a great start. Yeah. I'm Daniel Greenhall. This is my wife, Desiree Greenhall. My wife of one year and a couple of months. I'm going to pay for that later. We have a we have a not really because I don't know either. No, uh, we have a five and a half month old daughter. Um, to give a little background about who we are, um, I grew up. I went to Faith Baptist Bible College. I got married. I continued at Faith Baptist Bible College. I got saved in there somewhere. I know where. Don't worry. And we attend Anchor Baptist Church in Ankeny, Iowa. Do you wanna? Tell people a little bit about you, Desiree. Yeah, I was born and raised in a Christian family. Oh yeah, I me too. Went <laughs> Different to, family. Went to Faith Baptist Bible College. That's where I met Daniel. I graduated faith and then I got married. Not like you grew out of faith in Christ, but you graduated Faith Baptist Bible College. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and we're living somewhere, probably shouldn't say because it's a podcast, yep. with our daughter. Uh, she's... A bundle of joy. She's, she's a lot of fun. Uh, but that's our background. Um, why did we decide to start this podcast on ecclesiology? Or actually, let's give a little bit of definition of what we mean, why we chose this name of the podcast, why we chose to do it. Um, everyday ecclesiology. I'll tell you what, if you explain everyday, I'll explain ecclesiology. <laughs> everyday is in uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the weeks following. Yeah. Ever. And ecclesiology, meaning, uh, comes from the root ecclesia, which is the word in the New Testament that we find for church. Um, so what we'll be looking at is what it looks like practically, somewhat theologically, some of the reasons behind, but then also um, what it means to be a regular church member. So we're not looking at what it means to be a pastor. We're not looking at what it means to be a deacon, although we'll touch on those topics because those are helpful for people to know about. Um, and I think the quote-unquote average church member, I hate to use that term, but I'll explain it in a minute. The average church member, the layman within the church, someone not in a position like deacon, someone that's not in a position like pastor, they need to know what the local church is in order to actually be a part of it. So we want to explore, we want to learn with you a little bit more about this topic of ecclesiology, in particular, everyday ecclesiology, what it looks like for a regular layman to be a faithful member, ooh, get that yawn out, Desiree, what it looks like for the average layman uh, to be a faithful church member every day, not just Sunday, and we'll get to that. Um, and you may have some, some thoughts of where I'm going with that. I'm sure you do, Desiree, but as far as our audience, what that's going to entail. So um, I think that a lot of what I've learned while, I'm, while I was at Faith Baptist Bible College, some things that were brought out, some things that I hadn't understood before, are that uh, not just are the pastors, being a pastor or being a deacon is not the only way to serve the local church or the body of Christ. Um, being a pastor is not the only way to be involved in the local church and to serve God with your life. In fact, it's every church member that's called to serve God with their life. But what that looks like will be different, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a deacon, or whether you're a layman. Um, but all of them are in full-time ministry, even if they're not paid for that. So 
that's kind of where I got the idea for everyday ecclesiology because I wanted to shed a little bit of light on as well as learn about myself and explore uh, what it looks like to be a faithful, regular local church member. And we'll explore each of these terms a little bit more as we go on, hopefully. Um, we would like to have some guests. Do you want to chat a little bit why we're doing about do you want to chat a little bit about why we're doing that, Desiree? What we're trying to accomplish with that? Who we might have? Well, I mean, it's important for our listeners to know that we don't think we know everything oh, about goodness. <laughs> ecclesiology. So some of the guests we might have are professors from the college we went to. and Not, not because we think faith is the be-all, end-all of theology. Right. But they're here, and they do know God's Word. They're a little uh, easier to get a hold of. Yep. Um, I mean, eventually, it'd be fun to have professors from other colleges, yeah. Bible colleges. Yeah. Um, even just down to the ordinary, in the best way, mm -hmm. church member from yeah. our church, other churches. There are a lot of older men, older women, even younger men, younger women in our church that just love the Lord and love serving within the realm of the local church yep. and understand what it means to disciple other people and to invest in other people. And I know invest is a cliche term, but they actually know what it looks like to get their hands dirty in ministry. Yeah. Um, the, way, or the reason we're doing this as husband and wife together, not just me or not just Desiree, not because it would be wrong to do either of those two. There, there's a place for that. But we wanted to uh, be able to interview whoever we wanted. Uh, and it would be a little bit odd for me. I would feel weird if I was just interviewing an older lady from the church. I think it's fine. It wouldn't be problematic. And Desiree would probably be sitting on the couch listening the whole time the interview was going on. But um, it would be a lot more um, helpful, I think, uh, to have uh, a man and a woman here uh, to do that. Um, and also, I don't think like a woman. That may sound obvious. Hopefully that's not a surprise to you. And, but she also doesn't think like a man. So the way that we'll approach and think about things that we'll recognize within the church will be a little bit different because she has been... A woman, a young lady, growing up in church her whole life. I've been a young man growing up in church my whole life, and we've seen different things. We've experienced different aspects of ministry. We've served in different capacities of ministry. Um, and so Desiree comes from a different background, A, because she's a different person, but also because she's been with the women of the church. She's learned from the women of the church, and I've learned a lot more from the men of the church. Well, and even then, we observe things differently just because of our personalities, too. Yeah. Yeah, because we have very different personalities. I tend to be a quick talker, fast thinker. You're not a slow thinker, but you are more I'm careful methodical. with your words. <laughs> I just mess up my words and then go back and say them again. Yeah, say I'm a Spencer. Yeah, uh, I've already proven my point. Okay, um, one other thing that we want to get at with the podcast is that everyone has a practical ecclesiology. What do I mean by that, Desiree? Because I've used that term. We've chatted about this before. So what do I mean by everyone has a practical theology, and in particular, they have a practical ecclesiology. Well, it's similar to how everyone has their own theology as well. Yeah. Like, just everyone has a way that they believe about God, whether they believe in Him, believe something completely different than how what He actually is, mm -hmm. or even doesn't believe there is a God, is still believing something about God, the yeah. fact that they think he's not. 
Yeah. And so, even Romans 1 teaches that everyone deep down actually knows that there's a God. Just some right. people suppress the truth. But some people choose to believe, no, there is no God. Some people choose to believe, yes, and it is Allah or whatever. But everyone has a, a practical theology. There's what they do in their life, in a way, reveals a little bit of what they actually believe um, and what they actually live out in what they believe about God. Yeah, so, so in the same way yeah. with ecclesiology, there's something someone believes about the local church, whether they think it's important, not important, something people just do for fun. Yeah. What the crazies, <laughs> crazy Baptists go and do. Yeah, yeah and this was actually um, a term that really helped me because I knew since, I don't know, I was eight or something, I had been told that the church is a people and not a place. And I thought, great, tidbit of information, tuck this away. When someone says we're going to church, you'd be like, ha, no, we're not. The church is a people, not a place. And I could just tell them they were wrong. But that didn't filter down into my practical ecclesiology because I didn't do anything different as a result of that knowledge. So people might know things about the church. For example, people might know that the church is a people, not a place. It's a group, a gathering of people, not a building. But do they actually do anything different as a result of that? I wish you guys could see my hand. Well, maybe my hand gestures would be distracting, but that is the nature of a podcast. You can't do that. So um, everybody has everything that people do, will say on a Sunday, for instance, and even throughout their week, is a reflection of what they believe about the local church. Um, whether or not they'd put it in those terms, whether or not they'd think of it in those terms, um, everyone has, in reality, a practical ecclesiology, a practical belief about who the local church is, what their function is, what they're trying to do, and how they relate to it. And that's a lot of what we want to hit at, get at, learn about, touch on. I'm running out of synonyms. Um, so we've introduced ourselves, you know kind of what we're shooting at. Uh, this is, again, more of an intro episode, so you know uh, a little bit of who we are and kind of what we're going for. So what are some specific topics that we'd actually like to get at, things that we'd like to talk to people about? Desiree, do you want to run through a couple of those, these ideas that we're tossing around? Well, maybe even just the one you mentioned hearing about as a kid, the fact that church is the people and not a place. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, just in the time we are now with the Zoom and all of that, that's really kind of opened people's eyes to how that really, that statement, how important it is when it churches people, not a place. But yeah. then how that also plays into lots of different things, like even communion. Yeah, people have started thinking a lot more because of this pandemic. Um, for a timestamp, uh, for people... Maybe listening back to this episode in five years, this is Monday, August 3rd, 2020. So 2020 is already the longest year in the history books in a while. <laughs> That'll be fun to look back on. But also, if you're listening to this in like five years, I would love to know because I always assume that people listen right away, but it's always a little bit of time before it's posted. Oh, yeah. And then people might go back. Like I just discovered a podcast that I'm listening to. Not that I wholeheartedly recommend the podcast, um, but... I've appreciated listening to to learn from people's views on different things. Uh, a podcast called Doctrine and Devotion, um, and I've gone back and listened to like all the way back to their first episode. Um, it's it, it's crazy how far things change. But yeah, if you're listening to this in the future, let me know. 
hit us up on the social media that we don't have right now, on our website that we don't have right now, on our Facebook that we don't have right now, <laughs> and no Snapchat. We don't do Snapchat. No. Nope. Hopefully we don't have one of those. All right, so what, what topics? What topics are we going to cover? We're going to have some foundational episodes, right? Some uh, establishing a little bit of, not ground rules, but hey, here's where we're coming from theologically. Um, here's... Uh, some background on what we believe about fundamentally about the church and where we're going to go from. So what, what, what are some of those topics we might cover? Um, when did the church start? Yeah. Uh, when the church started is definitely a, a theological debate. Um, we have an, an, an answer. Well, Scripture has one answer. Yeah. People Good just disagree on what that is. Yeah. So we're going to look at what Scripture says. Um, Obviously, we're going to go with what we believe the proper interpretation of Scripture is, just like everyone does. But, I mean, even Catholics go with Catholics, Baptists, Mennonites, Reformed Baptists. We wouldn't call ourselves Reformed Baptist. Sorry. Um, would each have... Yeah, every... Let me try that again. Ew. Like I said, I spit out my words too quick. Um, everyone is... Uh, saying this is what scripture says, but in reality what we're saying is this is what I believe correct interpretation of scripture says. And a lot of people would say that I believe this is what correct interpretation of scripture is, but they would believe that it's a different interpretation. So mm -hmm. we're going to explain what we believe correct interpretation of scripture reveals. And that's, Lord willing, going to be our foundation for all the topics we cover. But one of those might be, yeah, when did the church start? Was it, for example, in Acts? Was it in Genesis? Was it? There are a couple other positions too, but we'll see how we'll okay. see how many we can cover. Yeah. Oh wow. Some believe like John the Baptist, uh, landmark Baptist. We we'll go back to John the Baptist oh, yeah, as the I beginning of the one. church, so that they could be say where they're older than the Catholics. But who thinks the church started in Genesis? Uh, I might have to be corrected on this one, but I believe most like covenant theologians would oh, see the church. Gross all the way back in Genesis with Adam. Wow. I could be wrong on that. Crazy. But I think that's correct. Obviously, as you know now, that's not, uh, that's not the position we take, but we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, what else? We might have a, uh, another foundational episode or two. What's one other one we might cover? Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's all I had written down. You have notes and I'm like, uh, <laughs> sorry. let me just come up with something that might be heretical. Yeah, I don't know. No, 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 no. No, if we ever do spew heresy let Ooh, us know my favorite yeah topic that we'll discuss eventually yeah be discipleship discipleship yeah, yeah because growing up in my church uh discipleship i don't really remember it ever being talked about it was never a strong push and i feel like it's kind of a buzzword right now yeah not a ton but especially in our circles a lot of people are chatting about discipleship it's like we're just discovering discipleship so I do want to emphasize it, but also approach cautiously, like, do we need to temper any of this enthusiasm that we hear about discipleship, but also say, hey, scripture does talk a lot about discipleship. So what does the word say? What does the Bible say about discipleship? We want to explore that for sure. And under that banner of discipleship, um, uh, one of the other topics you might cover, Desiree. Well, under discipleship, I mean... Seeker churches, evangelism, yeah. those kind of work along. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about um, evangelism, reaching out, what that could look like for a regular church member. 
and with evangelism, we'll talk about seeker-sensitive churches, um, exploring that approach, understanding what that is, seeing if we think that's a biblical approach, maybe it's a wisdom issue, maybe it is a biblical issue, we'll look at that. I want to have somebody in uh, to interview about that. I have a couple ideas. Um, I bet uh, I know who, who you're thinking about. Who? <laughs> I don't want to say. No? Okay. Well, I, I was thinking of Pastor Danny. Okay. That's probably not who you were thinking I probably was thinking not. of, but that's okay. That's okay. We can whisper off the podcast. <laughs> we don't really have to whisper. That's so. true. I can just edit it. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll, we'll explore seeker-sensitive churches, um, and there are varying degrees of what it means to be a seeker-sensitive church, so we'll be sensitive to that. Yeah, sorry, the dad jokes are coming in thick. I have that. What happens when you got a baby? Yeah. you got to practice. Um, discipleship. Um, Ooh, something I've been studying recently, the ordinances. The ordinances left for the church, the local church. Um, and we, we mean, we'll talk about this more, obviously, um, baptism and the Lord's Supper, communion. Uh, what do those look like? Wow, I wonder if they could hear you drinking out of that water <laughs> bottle. Oh, That's dear. So this is why we need two microphones, because now I can't just mute your mic for that. <sighs> oh, well. Should I not have to drink water? No, 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 I it's fine. I didn't know this no, was like super fancy. No, drink water. Desiree, you cannot drink water. No, it's fine. I clicked in my tongue and people are going to hear weird sounds. They'll get over it. Um, anyway, the ordinances. Um, what does proper observance institution of the ordinances look like within a local church? Why do we observe the ordinances? What do they mean? How many ordinances are there? Different denominations and associations would take different stances on how many ordinances there are. Some would say two, some would say zero, some would say three, some I think would say seven. So Don't quote what, me on that. Oh why? I'm pretty sure the Catholics have like seven ordinances, like, like last rites and I don't know. Maybe yeah, they use I, a different term. They would know. also call Lord's Supper the Eucharist. Um, but we'll explore that. They're not, they're not as crazy as I initially think they are, but they just yeah. emphasize different things and it I think leads them astray. Um, but we'll explore communion, we'll explore baptism, and we'll explore what are the other, 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 not utter, no cows, what are the other ordinances, um, are they biblical, if they are, why, if they aren't, why, and how do other people arrive at different, uh, conclusions. What else? Let's wrap this up. Spiritual gifts. Yeah, I want to chat about spiritual gifts. This is something I've been learning about and definitely have not arrived at. Oh, man. I was going to say, your views changed. Yeah, yeah, my views changed Subtly. drastically in the last year, like complete flip-flop. So In the last year? I thought you meant like since... Systematic. I took When I took systematic my senior year, I went from a complete cessationist, so um, oh, I thought no spiritual gifts. That was before college, not just in your last school year. No, no, no. So I, start, I took the complete cessationist view yeah. freshman year. Yeah. Um, and then when I took systematic, I flipped completely the other way uh, to all spiritual gifts are for today, are mm -hmm. possible for today, but not all are actually seen in accordance with scripture right. today. Um, that would be a continuationist That's the one I thought you had since, like, sophomore year. No, 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 no. no. Oh. That was only seen Well, year. I wouldn't have married you. Oh, dear. All right. <laughs> well, good thing the spirit worked in you. Um, so, uh, there's cessationist view. Uh, saying that all spiritual gifts have ceased. There's partial cessationist view, which typically means that only the sign gifts 
have ceased. That would be like prophecy, speaking in tongues, miraculous healing, things like that. We keep talking about it. We're not going to have a podcast. Oh, often, that's like... fine. This is just a quick recap. Okay. Besides, it's fun. Um, and then there's a, a view that n- no spiritual gifts have ceased, that any of them are open for today. God could choose to use any of them today, and it wouldn't be contradictory to anything said in Scripture. Those are the three main views. Again, there are probably a, a myriad of views within the middle of that. Some people might say that only preaching is for today or something. I don't know. We'll explore that. I really want to talk about it because there's lots of passages, so we'll still have a podcast. We haven't really talked about Scripture, just covered what the views are. Uh, okay. Spiritual gifts. What else? Pastors, the qualifications, what to look for. Maybe not looking just for looking for a church just because of the preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm with pastors, deacons. What it means to be a deacon. Um, yeah, I think that... Ooh. Ooh. What? How far do I want to go? Not far. Not far? Just save it. Keep save listening. It. Mm. I'll, I'll do a teaser. I'll call it a teaser, and then I can say more. Your teasers are always like the first chapter of the book. Yeah, that's okay, because you got to read the whole book. Okay. To understand what the conclusion is. I don't give away the whole book. I'm not one of those that tells the whole thing at the beginning and then you're like, ooh, how did they get there? I don't do that. I just give a teaser, like, something to think about. Hey, think about this. So I think that um, often preaching, though important and helpful and edifying to the body of believers, and by the body of believers I mean the local church, preaching is edifying, can be, if done properly, edifying for the body of believers, for the attendees, for the congregation, for the assembly. But I think it's overemphasized. I think when churches look for a pastor, they focus too much, whether it be way too much or only a little too much. I think they focus too much on how well do they preach when there's so much more to being a pastor than just preaching. And I Which feel you're like, probably seeing during your internship. Yeah. It was just more of the behind the scenes, behind the preaching. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, if you've ever been a little kid, which if you're an adult, you were a little kid, uh, and watched a scary movie, and you put your hands in front of your eyes, um, and then you kind of put it open in a slit so you could just see through, and then if a scary part came, you close the slit again. Uh, I would do that. Um, but I feel like going to church my whole life, I've been like the kid with his hands in front of his eyes, and then now that I've, I'm in my internship and I see a little bit of what's going on behind the scenes, I like open the fingers a little bit, and I see through that little crack. And I'm like, ooh, there's some stuff going on out here. still don't see everything. Yeah, I feel like I'm still on a patch on one eye. Yeah, oh dear. So uh, I think that there's a lot more that laity don't realize, that laymen don't realize. Um, I I am a layman, and I don't realize, um, and would probably never have realized until I was like 80 um, if I hadn't been able to do the internship and see what goes on a little bit, a little bit. Uh, modicum, I think that's right. We're just a little amount. I always love that word, except I probably use it wrong. I'll have to look it up afterwards. Modicum, M-O-D-I-C-U-M, something like that. Well, don't try spelling on a podcast. Oh, I know. I'll get wrecked for it later. But that's okay. No one's going to listen to this one anyway. That's true. So um, that's just my little, my little teaser for um, how I think preaching might be overemphasized. So what should we actually do? What, what could it actually look like to look for a pastor? Um, where should we look for a pastor? What should we be looking for? 
Oh, I um, thought that one was process about look like. what to look for when you're looking for a church. Oh, Does yeah, that we can do that too. too. Oh, yeah. That could be really helpful to faith kids too. Yeah, once um, they're allowed to go to church. Yeah, once they're allowed to go to church. Oh, COVID. <sighs> so we won't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about COVID. Everyone else talks about COVID. If you go into the episode, we're not going to talk about COVID. And then the whole episode yeah, is COVID. Yeah, it's like blah, 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 blah. Okay, um, but I think it could be really helpful for people because not just college kids. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, people that come to Faith Baptist Bible College, there isn't like a campus church. Uh, there are a lot of local churches in the area that they that they can go to. They go to classes at the college, just like a normal college student, live on campus, but then uh, they pick a local church. So then they have to go through the process of choosing a local church. So then what should that look like? What should factor into that decision? How should they even think about choosing a church? Um, what role should their desires take? Should they even care about their desires when choosing a local church? How do they look at biblically how to choose a church? Is there any time in scripture when someone had to choose a local church? How did they do that? Good questions. I'm not going to answer any of them. I, unfortunately, I cannot say I had good reasons for choosing Anchor. Yeah. I mean, I'm very thankful God Was led it me, me Anchor, but no. Oh. I chose, I don't know if I should say, it would be oh, good to okay, save. Okay, we'll save it, save it. We'll save. It wasn't me, though. We know that. Sorry. They know you don't love me. <laughs> no, it's not true. That's not true. She's a, she's a virtuous wife. I listened to a message today by John Piper. I can mention that name, right? I won't get flagged. I no, so. I don't think so. As long as I'm not playing music, I won't get flagged for any copyright or anything. I was listening to a, to a message today about um, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And it struck me that the last time I listened to that, I was like, man, I need to marry a virtuous wife. And now I'm like, man, I have a virtuous wife. I Aww. need to praise her. Almost stopped and got flowers on the way home. But now I tip my hand. I should have done it. Now I sound like someone is just making up excuses. Yeah, I almost <laughs> did this. I almost, almost got culvers. Man, that would have that's been just as good as flowers. Oh, so that's the real reason you were going to get culvers. No. Oh, just because you like it. No, just so you didn't have to cook. Oh, that would be nice too. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, quickly mention these last couple topics that we might talk about. Uh, do you want to run through them? Just read the list. So I won't comment. We've already gotten everything except Ephesians 4. Ooh, oh, I said I wouldn't comment. Yep. And uh, the local and universal church, which mm. is something that I had not heard about ever until college. Which one? I was one? very intrigued about it. Uh, the local and universal church. Which one had you heard of? Just the local church. Mm. Yep. Yeah, so we'll explore that concept. Aren't there three types? Local, universal, and like the historical? Or is that just depends on what you believe? Um, so, how much do you want me to say? No I'll more. give a sentence. No more. Okay. I'll give a sentence. So, historical would include, um, would be a way of thinking about the universal church. So, the oh. universal is all church believers. Living. And dead. And dead? Oh. Universal includes everyone that ever was a part of the church and everyone that will be a part of the church no matter where you stand on election oh and historical is yeah. just up through this time yeah okay no matter no matter where yep sorry i thought you were done i'm even looking at you in person and i can't tell when your <laughs> mouth stops that's okay i've probably interrupted you yeah i don't remember because you're a virtuous wife but um <laughs> the no matter what your view on election is um your view on the universal church can include those who have trusted in Christ um, and are dead, those who have trusted in Christ and alive and are alive, and those who will 
yet trusting Christ during the church age, um, which might have tipped my theological hand on where we stand on a couple of things, if you know what to look yeah. for. But um, no matter what your view on election is, um, you still know that there are going to be people who come into the church in the future, unless Christ returns right now, which would be fine. You never have to publish the podcast, and people wouldn't have to learn about it. Never have to change another poopy diaper. I haven't changed that many, though. Oh, no. Now they're going to know. That's okay. That's your a common husband. Yeah. That's fine. I'm just a commoner. Just a commentator. In the best There's way. There's a good joke for that. But I'll tell you it later, after the podcast. Okay. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for now. Um... We are working on a little bit better audio, so if we decide to publish this one, um, hopefully it'll get better after that. Otherwise, I just oh, spent sure. money in vain. Yeah. I mean, it's coming. Yeah. It was on sale. We it's nabbed coming. it. Oh, yeah. Right away. If it doesn't sound better, I'm going to return it and spend a couple hundred dollars. For it's it's going to sound better. We didn't even better. review our cart. We hit the order now button. Yeah, Desiree was really excited. She wanted to buy some. Spend money. Spend, spend, spend. Yeah. It was either that or $100 slippers, so we went with... <laughs> She told me how they'd edify the church, and I said, okay, we yep. can get them, but we decided on audio equipment instead. That was a joke, though. I don't yeah. want people thinking I, I want $100 slippers. No, if anyone was going to buy $100 slippers, it'd be me. Probably, but you'd be buying them for me. Yeah, I hope so. I need more slippers. <laughs> that would be a little weird. Unless I could throw them like a disc. Oh, goodness. Okay. So to end it, um, we're going to talk about a couple of books we're reading. Just mention them, uh, what we like about them. It's going to be a like, trademark. Yeah, or maybe we'll change it up and never talk about it again. Um, okay. I'm reading a book. Um, if you have any background in reading popular Christian authors, uh, you may well know who Tim Keller is, and I'm reading one of his books, The Prodigal God. We went over Luke 15. I actually preached a message on the first two parables in Luke 15. Uh, and this is the book, The Prodigal God, looks at the parable of a father and two sons, also known as the parable of the prodigal son. Um, but it explores that parable a little bit more um, and looks, while keeping in mind the context of the passage, at what Jesus was trying to communicate by that. Um, he, I believe, is going to be going through exegetically, um, looking at, um, or expositorily would be a better word, mm -hmm. uh, trying to expose the meaning that Jesus was trying to reveal to uh, the audience that he was talking to. So I'm looking forward to reading that book, having uh, just heard a couple of messages on the prodigal son and having studied it myself. So um, I'm really looking forward to that one. It's a common parable, one I've heard my whole life, uh, but never really thought much about beyond um, knowing someone who is described as a prodigal son and thinking that's it. But uh, it's a good book. Uh, I don't wholeheartedly recommend everything in it. Again, I haven't read the whole thing yet, but uh, I'm excited to get into it, see what I think, um, and see if he's done justice to... Exposing scripture faithfully. What are you reading? The Bible. Okay, that's good. <laughs> now I'm reading well, I am, but I'm reading the Circle series by Ted Decker. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I would recommend it wholeheartedly either. Oh wow. I think. Uh, I think since a lot of people say there's a lot of uh, what's the word when the author's trying to correlate with biblical views and things. Kind of like C.S. Lewis in The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh. That's probably how I used to view Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Anyway. Lion, um, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, by the way, is like C.S. Lewis saying, C.S. Lewis telling a kid's story saying, well, what if this? Not like trying to make everything a one-for-one -one parallel right, in real life. Right, right. Um, so this is what's going on with Ted Decker's book? Yeah. 
Yeah. I think so. But um, I have to really be sure to tell myself that this isn't it's really a fun gotten. story. And yeah. this isn't really... Because I find my brain trying to fit pieces into scripture, oh, but yeah. I don't want to do that because it would be easy to lead me astray into believing some aspect, some biblical aspect the wrong way through the view of a worldly book. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. So I'm just enjoying it. It's a read. And I don't it's know interesting. where... Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Action. And I don't know where Ted Decker comes from theologically, so I don't know if he's trying to parallel or how he's trying to parallel yeah. if he is. So... Um, he's definitely paralleling because he even... Has like the, what's the, the name Bible's of God? involved and things. Um, El- Elion? Elion. Elion. Yeah. yeah, so I definitely think he's trying to par- parallel things, yeah. but I just try not to think about that. It'd be like if we chose Yahweh. Most people aren't going to choose Yahweh for a regular right. name. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's what we're doing. Science? Not science fiction. Just fiction. Yeah. Thriller. Uh, it's not thriller. Oh, no. that would scare me, and I yeah. would never want to go to bed. Oh, <laughs> like the scared. podcast the other day. People that recommended a movie. And forgot to mention that it was a scary movie. Oh. If you guys don't listen to Sheologians, it might be worth checking out. Not that you would wholeheartedly recommend it. Yeah. I'll, I'll have some usual caveats that you might catch on to, but I get that from someone I love dearly, and, and you'll figure that out. So um, that'll wrap it up. That's what we're reading. That's what we're looking at, and that's where we're hoping to go in the future. Uh, for now, hope you have a great day.